Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast where we will be reviewing uh, Star Trek Strange New World Season 1, Episode 6, mm. Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, um, which is quite a uh, portentous um title for an episode. Uh, my name is Chris Newcomer. I am your host. With me is our incredible panel of Star Trek enthusiasts. Yay. We've got Michael Henley. Uh, love will lift us up where we belong. Right, that's exactly what I think of as well when I hear that. So that's perfect. Um, we've got Carrie coleman Hinners. Your love is lifting me higher. <laughs> oh yeah, that's higher and higher. Very nice. And we've got JNM. I'm on a highway to hell. <laughs> we are having very will, different experiences. I could not think of a song. That. We will accept that. That's a great one too. Oh, these are all great. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> all yeah, about all had a theme, and mine definitely did not. I think it went on theme. the theme, yeah. Don't they sing about love and highway to hell? Or no, I don't think they do. Maybe. No, I'm not sure. I said hi, and he said highway, so it fits. It's true. It's a, it's my favorite kind of improv game. Yeah. Well, good. Well, so while we're here, uh, why don't we start with Carrie Coleman Henners? You just got back from vacation, and I want to know how you doing. Mm. I am doing great. I just literally today got back from Niagara Falls, Canada. Mm. We flew up to Toronto, uh, spent a day in Toronto because I, you know what? I've never been to Toronto. And then um, did some touristy things, you know, and then uh, went to Niagara Falls, the Canada side. And I also had never been to Niagara Falls and so I didn't know what to expect and I what I didn't know about Niagara Falls was that it was sort of like a mini casino Atlantic City type mm -hmm. area <laughs> don't people get and married there too people get married there but like I guess all the things I read about Niagara Falls nothing prepared me for oh this is just like Atlantic City but with a waterfall I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't get it, but anyway, we had a nice time and um, uh, we got, um, we splurged on a hotel room that was overlooking the falls. So oh, that's cool. So we woke up to see the waterfall, the Niagara Falls every day. So it was very nice. And they have like uh, fireworks that shoot off every night in the summer. So that's it was awesome. so romantic. It was so romantic. I love that. Well, that's mm -hmm. so cool. I'm glad for you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Henley, how are you doing? Uh, all things considered, uh, I guess I'm doing okay. Um, you know, uh, it's uh, it's been kind of a crazy week in the world. Um, oh, whatever. But... Would you like to elaborate? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if I should. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I was in Canada. What was going on in America? <laughs> Carrie was not, um, in, not in America on I Friday. Was not tell her about any in America on Friday. I don't. <laughs> I think it's awesome that you came back. And by awesome, I mean perplexing. Let um, me tell you, it was like so easy to get back in, but the line going into Canada, like we were driving back over, it was like everybody was trying to get to Canada. And I was like, oh, so easy. It's just like us leaving Canada, nobody else. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. So, so I feel I'm in this weird paradox of basically like all like the, the pleasant things I can talk about are really like, minor yeah. trivial like thing you know in the grand scheme of things whatever but um mm -hmm. so with that said and with apologies i'll go ahead anyway mm -hmm. is that um you know uh had a very nice quiet weekend of you know kind of uh ignoring the news and also yeah. um my significant other and i um it's not my first time through but i uh it's always a 
it's always a fun when you get a, a significant other hooked on a show, basically, even if it's a, especially if it's a show you've watched before, you know, mm-hmm. and you're white, they're, they're kind of white knuckling through it. And you're basically just like still very, very invested to bustle. Just like, yeah, I also kind of know what's coming. But you're also watching their reaction to the oh, show oh, <laughs> because it like enhances your viewing of the show to watch somebody else watch the show. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, so my um, significant other started watching The Expanse with me, which uh, I've mentioned. Um, but it was, it was it was her first time through. Um, aside from having having read a little bit of the first book, but not kind of knowing the sprawl of the. Story. That's a horny TV show, I have to say. It, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I would agree. Um, uh, and so it's been super fun to just kind of like, and you know, like that, especially that thrill of like, okay, we're gonna do two a couple episodes tonight. But halfway through, you're just like, wait, is this the episode when? Oh, oh my god, <laughs> yes. oh, this is gonna be so good. It's not just the watching yeah. the reaction, but like anticipating mm-hmm. the while watching a specific reaction. Yeah. So, oh my fun. god. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't go wrong with Thomas Jane. I just have to say that he's a. Uh... He's so good on that show. I agree. The Expanse is such an interesting show because if you haven't watched it before and I didn't know anything, I read the books or anything and I started to watch it and it was kind of hard for me to get through that first episode. And I'm like, what the heck? Yes. And then you just, and then I was like reading, people were saying, oh, The Expanse is one of the best shows. Like, okay, well, they're seeing something that I'm not. So like, I like forced myself to watch it. And then I'm like, then I understand, you know, but it takes, you have to invest a little bit of brain power into the show at the very top. It's it's one yeah. of those shows that like really, since it's following the book so closely, the book has yeah. a kind of leisurely pace. So like by episode three or four, like it's not that the first couple episodes are bad, but like they don't give mm-hmm. you a sense of just like, what is this show? Like what, and yeah. then by, by episode three or four, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I get okay, it. Now yeah. I get it. Yeah. The show. And I think a few times I watched the show and then I'm like, I, I still had no idea what went on during the show, even though I watched it. So I had to like go, what if we just read a YouTube recap of, uh, somebody else tell me what i just watched who is that fantastic actress who plays the earth politician uh with a very gravelly voice shora yeah she is amazing so good oh my goodness she's so good i love her yeah i love her in everything she's in so i should watch this show huh it's really good i think you should yeah i think you would like it a lot uh and also uh so uh uh chris and carrie uh you'll enjoy this too especially because like it, when, when i get back into a show all of a sudden i'm just like and now i'm gonna go back on the internet and like read like the reddit comments and all that kind of stuff basically and i really enjoyed the show wrapped up last year i really enjoyed sometimes i just like collect like weird opinions on the internet and i was just baffled by <laughs> one comment that said i really liked the expanse for like the first couple years but i didn't like the last year because it got so political and i'm like oh my god <laughs> it's been political the whole time it was (laughs) that's hilarious that's so hilarious some people really do watch just the first layer of whatever is put in front of them yeah yeah Yeah. that is a real truth especially funny because watching the first episode of the expanse the expanse starts with like a title crawl like of basically just like (laughs) here's text explaining the political situation which is very very important to understand what's about to happen i'm just like it got too political several years later what usually when people say that though it's not like what they really mean to say is i wish it had my politics yeah right yeah that's a good point that's a good point yeah yeah this show's too woke for me i can't watch it I'm going back to the Real Housewives. <laughs> they all have my politics. Uh, I can't believe yeah. they made Star Trek woke. Yeah. What? Like, what? Seriously? What? Yeah. Well, wait. Oh my goodness. How did I almost forget this? Jane M. Hey Jay, how are you? How are you? How are you doing? I'm I'm eating ice cream in an apartment that I'm moving out of. So, um. Kiss today goodbye. <laughs> Sorry, that's just felt like the right. <laughs> I'm moving out. <laughs> there we go. That's very good. Well, he, you know, Jay's a singer. Jay's, yeah. Jay's done acapella. Yeah. He's got the yeah. skills. And then the he works at the grocery store. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Belts. You can belt it out. You I got can. some pipes I, on you. I haven't done it because I don't like to inconvenience the neighbors, but they can take Aww. it for a day or two, you know? I think I've said this on the podcast before, but there was a while where my neighbor thought there was an opera ghost who lived in their basement, but really it was just me <laughs> when I was taking a shower. <laughs> oh, I love it, awesome. though. Being like, Whoa! 
wonderful. You know what? If you're singing though, or playing music and you have a good voice and you're good at it, I don't think you'll ever really bother your neighbors. If you're screaming, you know, off key at the top of your lungs, then maybe you might, (laughs) but you know, we have a neighbor that is a musician and regularly sits out on their porch playing the flute or the saxophone Mm. or anything. It's like serenading the neighborhood. Nobody hates it. Nobody hates it. That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. We yeah. need a TV series called uh, Opera Ghost, by the way. Opera I, Ghost. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I can't wait to go. I can't wait to be the number two, but not get picked for that. Always a bridesmaid, Chris. Right, right, right. Not with that attitude you want. <laughs> so number two, how are you doing? I'm doing <laughs> well. I'm, I'm in a similar space to Michael Henley in the, you know, uh, um, trying to find small joys in the crumbling civilization we find ourselves in. Um, uh, but there's some good things to happen this weekend. I went to the Chinese Lantern Festival in Franklin Square Park last night, which Ooh. was really cool. Um, and what else did I do this weekend? And we had an improv show on Friday night, which was like, you wouldn't think um, the day of the Supreme Court overturns um, Roe vs. Wade would be a great day to do an improv show. And it no, certainly I didn't. disagree. <laughs> I think that would be a great day to do an improv show. I also went to yeah. an improv show on Friday night. That was really good. I mean, um, it ended up being a people, great show. I'm, yeah. Because Some we, people, I'm sure, were rejoicing that. So let's just. Like, yeah, well, I mean, the opposite I is true for some people. I imagine they're not listening to this podcast, but maybe no, could be probably wrong. not. Yes. You never know. They were, but they just turned it off. They just they're like, oh, too political. I said it politically. got too political. Got too woke. Sorry, Aunt Sally, I guess you're not going to listen anymore. Um, no, we ended up doing a show about a shopping mall, and then um, we had some, like, human-sized rats that came to life, and there was a rat-human war, and it was great, you know, so things should have been called mall rats, but um, uh, the, the team oh, is firing on all cylinders, which is great. Um, oh, also, um, wait, wait, I'm taking a class with uh, Claire Holm right now. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, Claire yeah. was in the show with us on Friday. Yeah, so she made me she, think she, of you. She played the evil um, manager of the Forever 21, Doreen. She oh. did a great job. Doreen. <laughs> she was very Doreen. Good. And then she sang, Doreen. she sang a song that sounded like it was directly out of like a, a mid-2000s musical about being in love with a rat. It was wonderful. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm in love with the rind of the rat. It's, it was just really good. It was very good. It's it a was, deleted scene from Ratatouille. I, I yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the X-rated <laughs> version. Rakakuni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, if Nicholas wow. Sparks wrote Ratatouille. Ooh, I like that very much. And the rat has dementia. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but it's a love story. Damn. Uh, oh my god. Well, good. What? Well, oh, Nicholas I'm, uh, Sparks. I'm glad that we're all uh, we, we're all surviving the uh, you know whatever is happening in this current world. Um, I don't know if we have any Trek in the news. Do we? Do we? Or do we not? No, I just know? have. We just have news in the news, and we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I agreed. So we're not talking about news. Great. Um, <laughs> I saw a lot of people. I'm I'm on a Star Trek uh, you know meme group on Facebook because that's all Facebook is good for now, just memes. Mm-hmm. Basically, that was uh, you know a lot of people using Star Trek you know screenshots to comment on the. So instead of mm-hmm. Trek in the news, it was more like news in the Trek. Uh, <laughs> there you go that sounds like Toulouse La Trek which I also enjoy that's a good Ooh, co- combination of things but that's the beauty of Star Trek you know it, it a lot of the fans are have a lot of different uh background beliefs religious beliefs political beliefs they come from all over they they that's and they true. they come together to talk about Star Trek and that's why one of the reasons why I love it yeah someone posted a really great meme of of the when Bev uh is stuck in the warp bubble and she's talking to the computer and she's like now I know I'm not crazy. Or one of those things where she's like trying to prove she's not crazy. And I was like, yeah, that's how I kind of have a feeling as well. So I like that. Well, I will dive into this episode, which is season six, episode one. Lift, lift us where suffering cannot reach. Season, uh, season one, episode six. Yeah, is that what I said? Yes. Did I say it wrong? You, you reversed them. Season 10, and, episode 45. And I'm, where, and I'm being an annoying jerk about it. It's okay. You can correct me. It's all good. I, I, I've, I've submitted ego death. You can give me criticism. Wow. Um, I want to end, but just I just want to make a note right now. I just want to make a note right now that I would like to end our podcast on that song. Love, this is up where we belong. Absolutely. Yes. I, okay. I was already thinking that would be a good yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm already thinking about the end of this podcast. <laughs> You oh, can't God. wait for it to be <laughs> it's over. It's going <laughs> that well. <Yeah. laughs> well, 
Well, in Love Lifts Us Up, We're in the Stars, um, the Enterprise responds to a distress signal to intervene in a skirmish between two starships above Majalis, uh, resulting in the aggressor attacking the Enterprise. Uhura accidentally critically damages the attacking ship with the Enterprise moving to rescue its crew. Pike is surprised when one of the passengers beamed aboard from the vessel that issued the distress signal is Alora, a long lost love he encountered earlier in his career with the romantic tension still palpable between them. I really like him forgetting Una's name for a second uh, as he introduces her. <laughs> Alora explains that they are transporting a child heralded as the, a major religious figure known as the First Servant who is preparing to ascend to a position of power, but their attackers intercepted them on the way to the ascension ritual. Uh, La'an, Nuni, and Singh, and Uhura investigate the wreckage of the attacking ship, recovering a neural dampener intended for use on the first servant. Uh, as Spock presents this to the first servant and his guardian, Elder Gamal, and is impressed by the boy's technical aptitude, Pike tours Alora's palace, where they uncover a conspiracy against the first servant. Mm. Um, no, I covered a lot there, um, but first I and think... I feel like some stuff happened that was not covered in there, too. Yeah, name it. Go for it. Um, the fact that uh, the the um, Majalans seem to have technology that could cure Mbenga's daughter. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they learn about that when, when the boy is being treated for non-injuries in sickbay. Okay. Yeah, yes, I think it's that. so interesting that this that this is sort of baked into the story, though, like, because it's important to know that they don't have much suffering on the planet to know why it's so important for this one child to suffer. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that's just part of the story, what they're trying to, to right. reach at. So I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. We, I have a lot of thoughts about this episode. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody has to say about it. A lot of thoughts about this episode. Jump in, yeah. Jay. Give it to us. No, no, we should, we should wait. We should go through the, the we whole plot. We should wait plot. a little bit more? We should okay. go through the whole plot first, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe, because this is a pretty heavy episode. Okay, maybe yeah, I'll go wanna... the, I'll, I'll, I, I'll, yeah. It's kind of hard to talk about one thing without talking about the whole thing in this episode. Because, I don't know, I could make, like, some smart-ass comments about how, like, I don't know, they're attacked by this, by the ship, right? And then, like, their shields go down 0.02% and yet like the ship shakes a significant amount. It's like, why? But then, I don't know. They I have, love like, ship shakes. They love ship shakes, but it's point. Yeah. Anyway, I have sort of like big <laughs> things about the structure of this episode and how they chose yeah. to like, what they chose to not talk about in any way. Okay, well then I will, I, will, I will go through the whole plot and then we can give our thoughts. Um, I will just say one thing. I think that uh, Captain Pike's hair is too high in this episode, but that's okay. It was know. noticeably high. It was noticeably high. Well, I commented on that as well. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're all on the oh, same page. And, and wait, we also don't talk about La'an's La'an training Uhura in right, security. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That is also a... a um, right. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of things it's, going on here. It's the rare uh, subplot with no real conflict. Yeah. Except for, except for what we know is going to happen is that uh, Uhura yeah. is going to prove to be incredibly capable. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. yeah. Of course yeah. she is. There's, uh -huh. there's no real like challenge to overcome in the I, subplot. She just kind yeah. of is yeah. good. I felt like it was less a subplot and more like teeing up, I guess, a future subplot. Yeah. Oh, that could be. Maybe. Yeah. Felt like. yeah. Maybe. It felt kind of like a waste. Yeah. It didn't like tell know. us anything about Lan that we didn't already know or about Uhura yeah. that we didn't it's already true. know. It's and there's true. no yeah. conflict. Like she's just good. I I think it was trying because this episode is so heavy. I think it was sort of trying to be comic the quote unquote relief. comic relief without yeah. it being like so comic because it might right. have been. But really? like, so yeah, I think, but I'm not, I'm not saying it was funny. I'm just saying that was, I think that was the role it might have served, its purpose that it served in this story, which is yeah. why maybe that didn't really have a conflict. That was just sort of an interpersonal like exploration without these two people or whatever and how they're dealing with things but yeah so yeah you're right it was just a kind of an extra thing my disbelief isn't at what you said but more at the fact that like i didn't even like register the possibility that it was supposed to be comic relief at all like mm -hmm. it, it didn't even i don't know i guess there were some things that could be construed as jokes well, it was not not so lit. I think no, I didn't. I didn't mean that so literally. I just meant like that is the the uh, function well, jokes like, that like it's a, sort of like yeah, like a, 
like a multi-cam sitcom. It's like situational humor. It's like, look, yeah. can you believe how awkward yeah. it is that she's, uh, yeah. you know, okay. and, and, yeah. and then, and then we had Sam Kirk show up for his little cameo to say he was <laughs> conflict averse. It was like, okay. That was cute. That was cute. I have to say, that little mustache does it for me. I really enjoy <laughs> Sam Kirk. I, I like a vision of the future where someone can leave a social interaction by saying they're conflict averse. And just like, that's all you do. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to make up some excuse to leave. You can just be like, nope, don't like yeah. conflict. Goodbye. Not, not for me. I'm out of here. Not for I me. Like yeah. I, I, I feel like all, all this is true. And I do think there maybe was a little bit of, I, I think primarily the, the, the way the episode is structured and, and yeah, we'll get to the structure in a little bit, but I, mm-hmm. I do think they are trying to introduce kind of a procedural element, I think a little bit into kind of crack the egg of the mystery without revealing too mm-hmm. much. And for, you know, for, for, for specific reasons that really can't involve Pike because he's, you know, basically distracted. So Mm -hmm. they do it through Hora and the reason they- Just say horny if you mean horny, Michael. You know, I'm just- Uh, (laughs) No, I I love it. I love it. Um, And so they do it through Uhura. And I think the reason they pair her with Laan is to give Uhura someone to talk to. And I think that's really one of the only reasons. Yeah. And, and they're using this, her, her being a cadet and, and passing her around the ship to, yeah. I don't, as some sort of uh Well, I think hi- it does, use, it does, as a good device for like highlighting yeah. her being a cadet, learning the ship, showing what everybody actually does. Yeah, and that's and like, yeah, it's showing that to us as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a really good device. And it was really good with Hammer because we actually got to learn stuff about yeah. Hammer. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like mm-hmm. we didn't really learn anything about Laon here. Yeah. It felt like a bit yeah. of a, like, it's a good device and it's like a cool sub ongoing subplot. I just didn't yeah. like this installment of it. I can't wait to, to have her waste disposal, um, you know, oh. Uh, oh, that's going to be a good one. Um, I can't wait to see her uh, yeah. intern, intern with Neelix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're right. We probably, we, we really just doubled down on Lon about what we already know. Like, okay, we've really locked in her personality now. Like, we can move on. Yeah, yeah. We so know you're a hard ass. We know you don't work well with other people. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. I'll keep describing the episode. Yeah, then. go, go, go. Uh, yeah. So Nunian Singh uh, recovers data chips from the wreckage, despite the Majalan's directive otherwise, uh, with Uhura deciphering them to reveal that the, well, Uhura deciphers them to reveal that the attackers were an offshoot of the Majalan civilization. Um, This suspicion coincides with the first servant abruptly being teleported off the Enterprise after the sudden, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about Mbega and his daughter. It's just, they don't mention it at all in this, but I will mention that. You Um, will. This suspicion coincides with the first servant abruptly being teleported off the Enterprise after the sudden appearance of a combat cruiser, with Uhura deducing Gamal is responsible for its arrival. Spock realizes that the cruiser's appearance was a feint, with the first servant beamed elsewhere on the Enterprise and Spock and Pike uh, discovering the boys still safely on board. When Pike and the first servant arrive on Majalis, and here I'll talk about how, yeah, so Mbenga has, realizes, sees a, a way to save his daughter who is living in the transporter um, uh, currently uh, because she's got a, a form of leukemia or something that can't be cured. Um, <clears throat> and then um, the first servant uh, finds her because he heard them talking about her but couldn't find any um, patients in sickbay who had that. So he was like, I love this line. He was just like, I just thought, where would I hide? <laughs> in the pattern buffer, <laughs> which I was like, I thought that was actually really adorable and giving Rukia some space out of the transporter, which is always good. And giving Mbenga some hope or some idea that maybe they could, you know, um, help them. Although I think Gamal makes it very clear that they will not help anyone outside of their own civilization. <clears throat> so when Pike and the first servant arrive on Majalis to carry out the Ascension ceremony, Pike brings up all the questionable circumstances around the entire incident to Alora, who feigns ignorance. Um, they also left out the fact where Alora and, and Pike totally um, get it on after they find the uh, person yeah. uh, in her guard who is- uh, they, left, they left it out? Yeah, that was not, it's not in any of this, this description, which is so funny, because that seems like a big plot I, point. I wonder <laughs> if his hair like elongates further. All I know is his <laughs> arms- like, Sticks up, straight up. His arms looked incredible. And uh, I, I did like that they, that, that giving him that, that the uh, idea of, hey, maybe you could be saved after that accident that is definitely going to happen to you if you come live on Majalis. Yeah. Um, Pike is permitted into the inner sanctum where the true nature of the ritual is revealed. A sacrifice of the first serpent results in the preservation of Majalis ecosystem thanks to the child's neural implants. 
Horrified, Pike moves to stop the sacrifice from taking place, only to be forcibly subdued by the guards and remanded back to the palace. Alora informs Pike that attempting to reverse the process will result in the first servant's sacrifice being futile as she justifies her civilization's process to survive. A disgusted Pike returns to the Enterprise to report his findings about the Magellans. Um, this person also has written Magellans for every time, which is, <laughs> I mean, it was very clearly Magellan. Anyway, I need, to, I need to find a better. Anyway, while Gamal explains that the conspiracy to stop the ceremony was an attempt to upend a society based around the suffering and sacrifice of innocent children, uh, Gamal shares the neural technology used on the first servant with Dr. Mbenga, hoping to treat the chronic condition of Mbenga's daughter. Um, while the Enterprise departs from Ajalis to continue its exploratory mission. Um, I think that covers most of it. Any, anything, anything I think you think I missed or? Covers most of it, yeah. And we already talked about the, uh, the, the third um, storyline about, you know, what's her face and what's her face hanging mm -hmm. out. That's actually how they did it in the um, breakdown of the storyboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this, so, yeah. Go carry. No, this episode has a lot, and I'm as I was watching it, I um I, was, I think I was watching it with my mom this this episode, and and I was thinking, I was thinking about Jay. I couldn't stop thinking about Jay this me whole too. episode. Like me Jay too. is like really got to me, and I'm like, I hope Jay likes this episode. <laughs> I really do. Well, I'm like thinking so, about you know it, and I'm like, please. You know Please what's funny give about us it? something like, that Jay will like. Well, what's Please. really what's really funny about it is that like last week's <laughs> episode was was great. I really liked last week's episode. Yeah, yeah episode five. It was great. And yeah. this episode, I was kind of watching it and I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then it got <laughs> to the end, and there's that exchange between Allura and Pike, where Pike is like, Hey, your society like murders a child in a ritual. That's pretty messed up. And she retorts back with like, can you really say that there's no suffering amongst children in your federation? That like, there aren't people who live in poverty? Like, at least we have the courage to look our people in the face as we like make that trade-off willingly as a mm -hmm. society and acknowledge them. That's a really interesting point. Mm -hmm. And the episode like ended five minutes after that. And I was like, okay, why didn't that exchange happen at the 15 minute mark so that the episode could actually yeah, be about that my there's, exact problem as well yeah there's a there's a yeah. short story called the ones who walk away from i was Amelis. gonna mention this too yep yep i'm sorry mike i'm yes, sorry yeah the yeah. ursula gwen yeah i also knew about the short story continue yes this, just so you know we all are very smart and no books <laughs> and it's like, continue yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> but it's like it's fine to use a short story as the premise for your episode just like bring something to it that the short story didn't have and i don't think we i think it's that. more than that i i mean i i, I agree with what you're saying yeah that they, they definitely took that oh, there's more so don't if, worry if you knew if you don't know if our listeners don't know we're talking about the ones who walk away from omelis by ursula k Le Guin, and it, you know it's it's basically about what this uh, show is about about uh one child suffers so the rest of the you know civilization can thrive uh can essentially I, can I just say yeah. something real quick too which is just that you know i know if anyone's listening right now it's just like well it's a very obscure short story and i just want to say it's not actually it's famous. not obscure it's incredibly no. short. it won the hugo award for best short story in 1974 it is not a obscure story well what i was gonna say was i don't think they ripped it from this i think this was an unused plot line that roddenberry wrote that was based on this so like they did rip it from this but it was essentially it was it has it has layers to it you know sure sure so generational play <laughs> I, just, I just like yeah. wanted like it's an interesting it's a genuinely interesting like yeah. thought thought experiment right and we didn't actually mm -hmm. get to live it out and what really frustrated me mm -hmm. so after i realized like hey why didn't that just happen 15 minutes in i then thought about the other conflicts that were set up that could have been really interesting like Mbenga having to care for a child who has the cure to his own daughter's disease. Yeah. And that could have set up a fascinating conflict where maybe Elder Gamal, the, the father of the child who's going to be sacrificed for Majalis, 
what could have bargained like, hey, I'll give you this medical technology to save your daughter if you help save my child from the yeah. sacrifice. That would there have been another things. fascinating thread. To there were through. some yeah. definitely threads like that, that that could like I agree that could have happened and would have made this story like a little more, you know, more fascinating in a different way when they brought up that this cure for his daughter could happen. I thought that's where the story was going to go. Yeah, I wasn't too. expecting. I was like, oh, this is going to be an episode about how Mbega breaks Federation laws or whatever. We're going to well, like see that. Like that episode of Voyager where they go to that planet that has the, yeah. the technology that can then sh like shoot people oh, yeah. planet their planet or whatever. And then... Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a literal case study of this yeah. in Next Generation, right? With that, um, there's that there's that uh, diplomat who's like ferrying an egg with like something that'll that'll uh, keep peace between their two people. And it's just- With like Famke Jansen is in the Yeah, egg. with Famke Jansen. <laughs> and she's an empath who's gonna be like married off to this guy. Yeah. To, and then she's allowed to like live a day on the ship and is like, oh, maybe I don't want this. And like, there's a literal yeah. exact case study of how you do it where like the egg breaks in the beginning, not at the very end. And it's like, it's oh, there's this episode. woman who's gonna be sacrificed. Feel bad about it, goodbye. <laughs> Right. I yeah. I, I I have an explanation slash speculation about why this because I felt the exact same way, and it hit me when watching this episode is that the ending is devastating. Even if you you know are kind of you even mm -hmm. if this isn't your first time around the block and you're basically just like this is gonna end badly. You know, like mm -hmm. it, it is still like it's performed very well. Um, yeah, the kid like, is like trembling and like yes. Yeah. That's yeah, a great he's good. actor. Genuinely he's a great beautiful. actor in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but the whole time, all I'm thinking is just like, this is structured like a Twilight Zone episode rather than a Star Trek mm. episode. Um, Maybe. And, Maybe. And I'm not knocking Twilight Zone because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. But like, they are very different modes of storytelling, which is it that that is more centered around the gut punch of the gut punch you know, of the end the yeah like yes, yeah exactly. the twist at the end that's what yeah. we I, hate, I hate to say the twist feels like this but it almost reminded me of temple of doom do you know what i'm saying where towards the end you find out sort of that like you're like oh look at everything seems fine everything's cool and then suddenly it's like all this these children are like being held captive and i don't know it's just like it yeah no, it was what, it, not a star trek theme you know what i mean yeah what's really yeah, frustrating yeah. about it though is that like Star Trek, like Twilight Zone didn't have like, it didn't, like there are a lot of episodes where you just like meet someone entirely new. And it's like, the Star Trek has recurring characters, like strong recurring characters. And the like beauty of it is that it takes sort of like amazing setups, but then gives characters agency to explore those setups. Yeah. And there was, nobody had any agency to change anything in the story because they mm -hmm. didn't learn what was going on until it was too late. And so yeah. it's just like, everybody's just like, oh, this sucks. And like, that's kind of all you're left with. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. It, it, that that and that's what made me think of the Twilight Zone. It's basically just like, wow, that's fucked up ending, basically, and just like, yeah. and I mm. love endings that make me feel that way, but it don't, did not feel like a Star Trek ending to me. You know what happened when I was when when I was done watching this episode? I imagined the, and I don't know why I did, but I imagined Next Gen tackling this episode, and I specifically started writing, you know, the. I even imagined like them not doing it that well. So I started, I started imagining in my head, like the bad dialogue that would have happened in like a subpar next gen episode where like Picard has just learned this and mm -hmm. then he's in his quarters and then Riker comes in to talk about something else. And he's just, and then he says something like, you're upset about what happened on the planet, aren't you? And it's just like, yes, of course I'm upset about what happened on the planet. It's fucked up. Yeah. Um, Wait, do you want to, uh, do you want to be Riker and I'll be Picard? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> You're upset about what happened on the planet, number one? <laughs> upset? Michael, you bet it. I'm upset. <laughs> no, no, he'd be very reserved. In, re in, re in reality, he'd be very reserved and she'd be like, it was very disturbing. When really, like as a viewer, you're just like, what's fucked up? What are we doing? No, Picard, Picard would do this. He would go. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, he would flare his oh, nostrils. It's very mm -hmm. Yeah, he would do the full, the yeah. full breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> yeah. But, um... So let me let me let me add on to what you're saying because I agree with what you're saying. So my but my point of view is there are some things that you're saying, and I find myself always when I'm talking about this, like I hear what you guys are saying, and I'm hearing the the complaints that you have, but you're also just like pointing out why I like it, like everything that you're saying, like oh I don't like okay. it because of this, like that exact thing is why I like it actually. Okay. So that's another thing that um 
that uh, Star Trek does for me. So what I got from this, I'm like, how am I going to talk about this episode? Because there's so much, there's so mm-hmm. much in this episode and this, but I, 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 I came to this conclusion at the end that it doesn't answer questions. It asks questions. So when I'm like, of course, this child has to go through this experience. We cannot save this child. But just like the 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 themes that it brings up and the layers of themes that it brings up, like the idea of indoctrination, you know, this chosen by lottery system, and then saying that it was chosen, you had chosen it freely, but you weren't, you were indoctrinated to believe that you chose it freely. Mm-hmm the sort of secretive society being afraid of outsiders. Uh, she did even bring up like, you know, a peaceful transition of power is like very important to their society. So um, just that that sort of concept of, um, um, what, what else did I get from this? Uh, just I mean, faith, religion, like she even, the, the part where she said, I don't know, we don't know where, why this is. We don't know where this came from. We can't figure it out, but we're going to keep doing it. And that that is very that is very much faith and religion to me. Yeah. Like we just know that it is, and so we're going to live this way. This is our way of life. It's borderline um, like FLDS kind of vibes, you know, like yeah, a little yeah. bit, a little bit, and then all, but like all, like it. It's not. I'm just. I'm not going to say it's one religion or another religion. It's just sort of the idea of religion. It's just this mm-hmm. one person sort of sacrificing themselves so other people may live and thrive and prosper. So, and it doesn't really. It. It's not like. It's not like. Um, saying that so directly in your face but it's bringing up all these themes in the story so you start to think about it you know because these are the conversations that end up uh that I've had that I had with my mom and my and my husband and people that I watched this episode with so I think that's the part of the show that I really like because it it really makes you think about these things and reflect on them rather than we're you know so that's why I'm not so like that's what I like about it so I'm not so worried about like did they resolve this conflict did they you know did they sit in it for long enough because they brought these questions up and now we're and now because of that we're discussing everything so it's it's sort of that sort of uh interactional <laughs> with the show you know that that, that that's that makes really any good sense point. that makes perfect sense um that's a really good point and I, th- I think you know, I, I think if I have complaints, I feel like I, I think we're both saying the same thing, which to yeah. me, this episode was a very, very juicy peach. And it felt like, <laughs> and it felt like I only got a slice of the peach. And I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. there's a whole juicy peach right yeah. there, guys. Come on. And definitely yeah, that idea with his child and, <laughs> and like we were talking about how crazy and deep and dark that is to keep your child in this pattern buffer and just like in stasis in this one age for indefinitely mm-hmm. and now we're just going to go along with our lives and I mean yeah that's crazy but it's like I don't I don't know it's making us question like what is right what is wrong is that the right thing to do why can't we have this medicine there's medicine out there that exists I don't know you know what I mean it's just bringing up questions not answers but that's well, what I like about it I, I, I agreed and it's funny because you mentioned really and there's so many different directions that this material can go because I had a very different reaction watching it, even though I completely recognize everything you're saying because um, everything you just said about you know uh, the religious aspect and there is a very kind of fundamentalist kind of bunker mentality kind of like no no we're the right ones like who are you mm-hmm. weirdos to question it kind of thing basically but what it made me think of was a lot of when I, you know, it, it made me think of a lot of, uh, you know, just, just stuff in the news lately, you know, like ultimately, you know, you have a system that is predicated that would cease to function or would have to be completely revamped in a way that you're not able to do if yeah. you were unable to, or that, 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 that would have to be revamped unless if you yeah. had to stop, you know, turning your head away at the sight of children suffering, which, you know, when I watched this episode a couple weeks ago, you know, is definitely something that made me go, hmm, that's potent. And the fact that they wrote this episode a year ago, and, you know, if that's what they were going for, it's no less potent, is just- Yeah. It's more potent. 
And yeah. I, I mean, I think it, whatever decade you're watching it in, it will have different uh, yes. resonances for you. And, uh, you know, to say that the society is systemically broken and everything needs to be changed. Right, <laughs> can, right. You know. which, which, which is why it doesn't really bother me that they borrowed from the short story, you know, because like that is, you know, finding a new, you know, a new thing to bring to the table, I think is, you know, definitely worthwhile, you know, when, when, when it comes to, you know, tackling this material different, because we're thinking about different things as we're watching mm -hmm. it. And when, and when you mentioned, you know, the thing about um, being handed down this technology, and we kind of don't really know what it does, you know, I, I, you know, I doubt I was the only one who was kind of thinking just like, oh, right, just like how we were given this piece of paper, you know, hundreds of years ago. Ah, and there's so yeah. many people who are basically just like, no, we got to stick to the piece of paper. And there's so See? many people who are just like, well, why do we need to do that? You know, like, like it, it seems weird to, you know, like if, if anything, regress certain rules because some people are just like, nope, we got to, you know, well, well, why? Because our elders mm -hmm. gave it to us. Like, mm -hmm. okay. Um, yeah, you can go back even that? further. You don't have to, you know, it's, you can go back even further with that. Well, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Yeah. So, I mean, but you brought up points that I wasn't even thinking about, which uh, further makes me further even like this episode because I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's in there too. There's yeah. so, like, <laughs> you know. I admire so much that this episode is very much like, a, I, I, I'm not trying to just say like the, the, the whole modern era, if you start with discovery, basically, it's not like they've never done this. We talked, you know, in the, on the show during discovery season four, how, you know, like the, the kind of metaphorical aspects, but I really like that this episode was very much a huge, like, we're going to pitch you a metaphor and it's going to be a moralistic metaphor like Star Trek used to do. And I mm -hmm. love that. I feel like we've kind of gotten away from that a little mm -hmm. bit. I really, really appreciate that they did that. Um, so, you know, if anything, if I, if, if I have complaints about this episode, I think it was almost a vic too much a victim of its own ambition because there's mm. so much good stuff here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think <laughs> like in a vacuum, if you just showed me this episode and I hadn't seen like next generation where, or like mm -hmm. other Star Trek episodes that are just this, but done better. Um, I might rate it like about like an average episode of science fiction, but I can't help, but watch this episode, look back at it and feel like they, they consciously avoided thorny difficult plot plots that they could have done because mm -hmm. there there's there's so much set up there to go into and i just feel robbed of an episode where the characters actually could have talked about what was going on and changed things um and there still would have been like like we like the there's all these things that we have to like infer and go like well yes presumably these people are doing this because it was like passed down for millennia but what if that's not the case? What if it's actually like a recent development and there's some like reason why it's been brought up again um, by some like fundamentalist? I don't know. There just could have been more work done. And when I like reread the story after watching this episode, reread the ones who walk away from Amelis, I really didn't feel like there was much that this episode brought to the table that wasn't already in the story. Um, and it just, I, I can't help but like wonder what this episode would have been like with maybe another week on it in terms of writing hmm. like i want i want the characters to like grapple with these questions and i can't and i just feel and I, and I had the same criticism when discovery did the same thing with like the episode where they're trying to rescue the prisoners from the crumbling planet yeah and, and it's and it just kind of moves really fast and at the end we learned that one of the guys didn't want to leave like the reason the main ringleader yeah. didn't want to leave is that he committed a heinous crime and believes in repentance but like it was just like a fraction of what that episode could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree with you for, with that discovery episode, but if, and, and if you want to compare and contrast it to this episode, I would say that discovery it was much better. If you were just looking at those two episodes, really, you know, alone, I, I would say that this, this episode of strange new worlds is much better than that episode of uh, discovery you know, um, in terms of whatever they were grappling with. Yeah, and I yeah. think I would what really stings yeah. is that they spent so much time on that like La'an Uhura subplot instead mm -hmm. of delving into this yeah. juicy story. Like that, that's part of the reason why I'm so annoyed at that storyline existing. 
Com- completely understood. I, yeah, I feel like if you were to compare that discovery episode and this episode, I feel like the discovery episode, I think is a case of being uncertain about what to do. And I think this episode for me, I think plays like a, like a miscalculation in the sense that like the math, like, like, like the, 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 the structure was I don't want to say solid, but like the the like the, the structure was definitely thought out. It just went to a place where it was just like, oh, that's not kind of what I wanted, basically, you know. Like, and it it, it and it felt so different from the model, basically, because I think so much of this episode is built around I, the twist is going to be a killer. And I but guess, I, uh, sorry, yeah. I have a follow up question for Mike and Carrie because you gave a lot of credit to this episode for bringing up interesting questions. And I guess my question then is like, if you get points for bringing up questions, mm-hmm. how many points do you get for saying interesting, thoughtful things about them in addition? What do you mean? I'm not giving any points. <laughs> well, but but you were but you were like praising this episode for bringing up interesting questions, and I you know like, it's not and it's not I mean this episode in particular, but I think that's that's what Star Trek it does for me you know watching it even even a lot of the episodes that we we talk about that we're saying oh that's a shitty episode but at the same time it still has these elements of like oh yeah discussion questions (laughs) you know um just to reflect on um if they also went further into it I don't know if that would have changed it for me because I'm not really looking for answers so they could have offered their own opinion i feel like this has this episode also has um a lots two different uh sets of people that some people think this is right and some people think this is wrong and nobody's right and nobody's wrong and that's that's another level of the show and i think i can't quite remember that episode of discovery but like everybody wanted that guy off the planet except that guy so it was like just that guy against everybody else which felt stupid to me so I'm like just beam him up and deal with it later but this was definitely about like you know two different sets of ideologies where like you can't even you can't even be like one person's right and one person's wrong because they're both right in their own rights and they're both wrong (laughs) so there's, yeah, it's, it's either season one, episode three, or episode four of the Orville, but it's one where there's this crew member who's from a species that's all male, and he's laying on an oh, egg yeah. to give birth. Oh yeah, I do remember he, that. Mm-hmm. And he gives birth to a girl, and yeah. it's tradition to like to to have the girl the girl undergo a sex change because their mm-hmm. girls aren't supposed to be born, and then then because he's inspired by his human crewmates he decides like, no, my, my daughter was born and my daughter will remain a girl. And then this alien crew member's partner did like wants to follow tradition and they end up having to undergo arbitration on their home planet. And there's like a massive trial about like whether or not women should exist basically. And there are all these like amazing revelations that like some of the greatest heroes of this like culture were actually women who were pretending to be men because they couldn't like come out and be free, but they had like unique perspectives. And I don't know. It's just like a the version of this episode episode. has has been done where like we get to learn about the Majolans too, you know? Yeah. Like just do more. That was a good episode of the Orville. And then and then we do find out there are, you know, fanatics out there that some people who are like really trying to save the the girls of that species and they're there's like an underground of them and it, and it is, it, it gets more interesting. Yeah. And there are just so many ways in which people in this episode could have acted more reasonably that would have led to that. Like when they first encounter the ship attacking the shuttle, they fire on the ship and the ship like hails them and is like, Hey, you're helping murderers. Boom. That's one way into that plot already, because then you have to talk about the ceremony mm-hmm. and what's going on. Another one is to have the boy's father not be like a condescending jerk asshole yeah, and yeah. instead be like, hey, like, mm-hmm. help my son. Like, I can see that you are nice people. Maybe you can help yeah. my son. You're right. You're right. I, I you're definitely right about that. And then they but they added this level of 
oh, this planet's very secret. They're very, they don't trust outsiders. They're not going to tell you anything about that. They like set that up for you. But then you're like, if this guy just went to the captain and was like, look, this is the deal. Asylum, and and yeah. if he went then, to the literal, like people who are viewed as traitors yeah. to his planet for help, how would he not yeah. look like aliens who seem to be like nice, <laughs> you know? He knows that the captain though is in league with Alora because they, yeah, so I think maybe I, that's I, part of it too. But he can blackmail I, the doctor with medical technology technology that can save his daughter who's in stasis mm -hmm. there are many ways into this plot that this yeah. that this episode opted not to take yeah. sure, sure yeah it definitely did opt to not take those because those are there those were there those are those were some low-hanging fruits for them to take and they opted not to take them and it would have been a lot of characters more likable and reasonable mm. in particular well, the boy's father mm. Well, I, I think also you should be uh, concerned if you're ever watching a sci-fi show or if you're in a if you're in a sci-fi environment and somebody says that you're going to ascend or somebody is going to ascend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, think you should automatically yeah. I yeah. think that you should automatically question, what do you mean ascend? Yeah. Like I agree with that. ascend to what? Also, when the, when the when the boy's father says like, uh, somebody says, "Are you his father?" and he goes, "Only in the bi like only in the biological sense," and right. and they just kind of move mm -hmm. on from that, and are like, "Okay, I guess that was something, but let's move on." Right. Yeah. They were really giving him a lot of dick lines, like, um, "Oh, I will not have him treated in this avatar." Yeah. You look at the state <laughs> yeah. of this avatar. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, um, though. I mean, like, if you want to talk about religious tolerance, I know you, we haven't been talking about religious tolerance, but there is that religious, you know, undertones or overtones in this. Like, you know, to say something like that, and you don't want to go ahead and question it right away. You want to learn a little bit more if somebody comes in, oh, oh, this is my son only in the biological sense. You're like, okay, well, what's the deal with this culture? Uh, how is that, you know? <laughs> so let's just uh, let him get yeah. away with that until we find out what's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, I mentioned the Twilight Zone earlier, and I, I, I just forgot actually that, um, I'm sure this was also inspired by the Ursula K. Le Guin uh, short story, but like there is actually an episode of the '80s Twilight Zone that actually kind of did this plot. It's and 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 the the beauty about that show was in it would do like hour long episodes where like this episode is, th this little story is 15 minutes. This little story is half an hour kind of thing. So this is one of like the 15 minute ones where it was basically just like, here's your gut punch of an ending basically. And it's 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 done in all this like calculated way yeah. where like, you know, in just a couple minutes like, oh, there's gonna be a twist here because people are not talking normally. So like, it's one of those weird society things, but it's basically about, um, you know, a, a, a kid who is very, very excited to like take a test and like he wants to pass and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you find out actually that, you know that it's it's a form of population control um and children that you know test out are killed and the reason what what makes them test out is actually if they get too many questions right um i, I think it's called like graduation day or something like that and again mm. this is a, this, it, it's a story that is told in like 15 minutes so it's like it's like it's yeah like, here's your twit like you don't get you don't you don't feel like you're being led by the nose because the the the, the story is so punchy you're too um, smart you got to get out of here <clears> yeah yeah um but again it's this whole kind of just like you know like this sounds like an honorable thing that's going on to this kid but it's not you know um and i just i, I want to real quick and i feel like i could spend an hour on this and somehow i'm only going to spend like a minute on this but like um jay to kind of answer your question um i think it's a really interesting question when you're talking about um you know what how do we award points for something like this? Is it more important to raise the idea, you know, to explore the idea? Um, and I definitely, and I feel like that's a very complicated answer for me. Like, I, I feel like it can depend a lot on the material because when I think about this episode, I think a lot about, you know, I, I, I agree that it felt like a missed opportunity, but if anything, for me, it felt like an overcorrection in that one of the things I did kind of like about it was its restraint. And I, I know that sounds like a contradiction, but uh, so, how, so hopefully I'll explain it because I agree they didn't explore the idea enough, I think for my taste. I liked that they raised the questions that does get points with me. Um, exploring an idea definitely gets points. What I sometimes can, and I think definitely sci-fi, but like any kind of issue driven show can sometimes do this. 
Um, I really enjoy exploring an idea, but I sometimes get really uncomfortable and annoyed when something kind of claims to have the answers. Mm. And, and, and because of that, sometimes I'm more on the side of just like, let's pull back a little bit. Let's definitely not go get down that route. I wish I could think of examples right now, but it sometimes really bothers me when like, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, I don't know. The example I keep thinking of is something like, I don't know, something like The West Wing when it was on TV, basically, which had characters who would be mouthpieces for, you know, various philosophies or whatnot, but the show is always kind of stacked. So it was basically just like, this character is basically telling you how to feel about this situation, you, the viewer. And for me, I'm basically just like, don't tell me how to think about this. Explore the idea, but do it in very, um, you know, kind of uh, balanced balanced ways and i know that sounds crazy to just be like give me the balanced version of like let's let a child like you know die to death slowly horribly in a machine but 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 at the same time like but like that's you know i i i definitely want the exploration of an of the idea but you know sometimes it, it, it can sometimes writers kind of like sometimes really kind of botch that so, so the question the answer is i don't know mm-hmm. but i understand you don't want to be preached at you don't want to be preached at yeah and i appreciate that. that i i get upset too and i'm like what are they telling me that i gotta recycle i'll recycle if i want to recycle <laughs> like that's just right. a stupid example but and you know it's like captain planet save the world okay captain planet Right, right. And, that, and, and, and that's the and that's the paradox, especially because like yeah. nothing annoys me more when I'm being preached at when it's something mm-hmm. I agree with, because it just it, 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 I, either it's something that's poorly articulated or poorly this or poorly that it just makes me feel like, I, I don't know, it, it feels like it's cheapening somehow my beliefs basically to have it tied to like something I'm really not enjoying. I don't know. It's a, it's, sure. it's a very complicated thing. Like, and I feel like as I as I, you know, kind of continue on and I consume media and stuff like that. Sometimes, sometimes I really hunger for like, I would rather see something that's well-constructed that has different values than me, than I would sure. see something that's poorly constructed than that, that, that espouses my same values. And I, I, I realize that's a, that's a weird circle to square. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have rambling. Yeah. No, I have, I have some questions. Um, I feel like we're talking about an episode as though it can either raise a question or explore a question when in reality to explore a question, you also have to raise it. Sure. First. Of course. Yeah. So I feel like it's not so much like one or the other, but either you raise it or you raise it and explore it. And I like, I appreciate episodes that try to do more. And as for like the preaching part, yeah, it can be done poorly. And I guess that's, all, that's kind of what I take away from what you're saying is that it can be done poorly, but it can also really be done well. Of course you um, can, absolutely. And, yeah. and to speak to like the Twilight Zone versus Star Trek thing, the main difference is that Star Trek has recurring characters who bring interesting viewpoints to the issue that's being explored. Whereas Twilight Zone was like, okay, who am I meeting this week? <laughs> um, and it's like another dimension to play with. Like it's more complexity. And, and I feel like if you don't, if you have characters who are recurring, like they should be part of the story. And to not do that is to kind of shirk your responsibility. But um, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like you don't, you don't have to preach and like come away with the right thing, but just like no. say something meaningful about it. You know, like in Measure of a Man, when like there's that, the trial's going on, you're like totally wondering like, should data be, you like used like I don't know should data be considered like not a part of Starfleet and then Guinan comes in and says like you're missing the point entirely it's not about whether or not data is exceptional but whether or not you condone like right. taking something exceptional and using it for labor and devaluing right. its existence because it serves a purpose and that's an incredibly meaningful thing to say that's not mm-hmm. didn't feel preachy it was just well thought out you know no 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 I'm not I'm I'm not saying that every time you explore you are preachy I'm saying that there is always the possibility it might be, and I understand a writer's hesitation to, I, I, I understand a writer's hesitation and maybe kind of self-preservation, self-editorializing style, mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm going to pull back because I'm afraid of being preachy. I the understand first episode, the first episode of Strange New Worlds got a little preachy at the it end. Yeah. When they it were, did. Oh, it did. Yeah, that started yeah. out, it started out being very yeah. preachy. So very I think, preachy. I think, Michael Henley, I think you're, your term of saying an overcorrection. But weirdly uh, enough, like they didn't, good. they didn't explore <clears throat> the issue really before just coming to like a preachy, this is mm. like our world. Like it's not like we got to know what the factions were fighting about 
in the first episode, or we got to meet anyone besides the first leader who just kind of rejects Pike. And that's sort of the extent of her character until she's intimidated later. Um, we didn't actually learn anything about that world. They didn't really build much. And I feel the same way about Majalis. No. Like we really didn't learn much about this world. We didn't learn how ordinary people really feel about this. We didn't learn what the refugees who run away to the other planet feel like. Well, we that's interesting because I actually had a dream about this episode after I watched it. And let me tell you, there's some, there's more to it based on my dream. Um, these these inhabitants of these planet, these are all these are all people that should have been in hell but they figured out a way to not burn in the fires of hell. And um, yeah, that was essential. I mean, dream stuff happened, but that was essentially it. So, <laughs> well, what about, what about the guard, the guard who betrays them? Like, I thought it was just people who were morally opposed to the idea of sacrificing yeah. a child. That one guy got, that one guy disintegrated his friend basically yeah. with that gun. Can we do, like, I just, okay. I, I, I want to, I, we just have don't have much time, but I want to yeah, point out fun little details. Minutes, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I just want to point out fun little details that happened in this episode. Uh, uh, Spock had the that old-fashioned tricorder that Spock used to have on the original series that I thought was a cool a bit. Do you remember he was finding the boy yeah. in one of the pods and he had the, you know, like mm -hmm. the the little the purse looking tricorder to find him? That was I like when they had those in and the the weapons that the guys had on Magellus were pretty cool, like the staffs that they could fight with, but then they could also shoot with. <laughs> those were pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, and then oh, they had you they didn't use a tractor beam, they used something called a grappler. And that's that is in keeping with the Star Trek timeline because they didn't use uh, tractor beams for a while in the original series so pre-original okay. series they would have had a grap they used the grappler thing I yeah they said tractor beam oh, okay my bad no okay. they used a grap they didn't use a tractor beam they used oh. some sort of grappler to pull that ship in when it okay yeah so that was pretty cool i just wanted to say something real quick too about just kind of completely change the topics but I, I know we're wrapping up but i just wanted to say too uh jay mentioned that you know kind of magellus was kind of kind of sketched like uh you know uh conceptually um, and I think I agree, but what I will say is, and this is something that Strange New World has been doing really well. I actually really liked the location work here because I think I'm very, very used to like sci-fi shows where it's like, it's a cheap set or it's like whatever, or it's, you know, it's the, the, you know, the stuff that Discovery was using slash, you know, Mandalorian basically where it's all that, like not green screen, but like beyond it. And like, I mm -hmm. like the idea that, they, that Strange New Worlds has been like going to like these tactile locations. And here I thought they really topped themselves because it was something that was halfway persuasive that basically just like, yeah, okay. Like this is clearly a borrowed building from somewhere else, but I buy this as like an alien civilization's, yeah. a small alien civilization's like seat of power. Like this, this, yeah. this, this is persuasive to me as opposed to like, we're in a forest on another planet. I'm like, yeah, okay. the visuals you know, of like, the planet were really cool really and how they cool. were elevated above the lava on the planet. That was really cool. I agree. We, <clears throat> we are, as, a, as you, all, you all were inferring, we are just about out of time. Does anybody else have any sort of final thought or recommendation uh, either about this episode or about something else you've been watching? My final thought is, why don't we do, this is just, you know, I'm just spitballing here, guys. You guys can shoot this down. We, I'm just, I'm just spitballing. What, would it be fun to do like an out of 10? Like, what would you rate this episode out of 10? Like to, as like, okay, now that we talked about this episode, what, what rating do you give this episode out of 10? Would that be fun to do? Or you guys think that's really stupid and you don't want to do it? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you think, Carrie? <laughs> uh, I think I would give it about a seven. Yeah. I think I would give it a seven out of 10. Yeah. Six or mm -hmm. seven for me. Mm -hmm. Jay? Uh, five or six, I guess. Okay. 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 I give it a 10. No, I don't. I give it uh, a... <laughs> I would probably say a seven. Um, I, I think okay. that my, my issues are similar to what, what y'all have been talking about. I also get the, the sense that maybe this was an episode that they had lofty goals for that might have gotten lost in the shuffle of a very busy season. Um, mm. You know, because well, I feel it like it deserves a ranking befit of that. Yeah, mm. five or six or seven. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to go with a five now, I think, after hearing <laughs> you say that. Okay. 
Sorry, so, people are yelling okay. outside my window. I apologize. But we got like, a seven. They don't like my rating. <laughs> okay, so They're we got a seven. They're clamoring for Jay to be torn off his throne. My God. How do we find? My how throne. do we find an average? So we got I'm standing, seven. Chris. Somebody who knows math. Desk. Somebody who knows math, give me an average for seven, five, six, and seven. Uh, seven, five, six, and seven. Six point two five. Okay, so we give this episode a six point two five. Is this our new thing now? Is this I don't know. I started a thing. Interesting. I don't I know like, if we want to do. I, I'm not complaining. I wanna. I wanna make like a proper rubric now. Because I, <laughs> I want to be like consistent. No, this is why I why kind of work on the rubric for next. We'll work on the rubric for next. <laughs> no, we're gonna do it now <laughs> for the no. remainder of the we're not, <laughs> we're not gonna do it now because the episode's just about over. I will that, say um I'm right. sounds I'm like a second season space idea. Docs. So tune into my rubric live stream. Where we belong. <laughs> Where the eagle fly. <laughs> I don't know. Why don't we? Why do we pick yeah. songs we don't know the words to? Well, I pulled off the lyrics earlier. The lyrics are "Love wow, lift us up where cheater, we belong, where the cheater. eagles cry on a mountain high, on a mountain high." Love lift us up where we belong, far from the world we know, where the clear yes. winds blow. Okay, great. Let's. Yeah. Time goes by, it. no time to cry. <laughs> Life's I'm you and gonna, I alive today. I'm just gonna say, um, as much as I grew up with this classic song, I think I've been exposed too much to the Moulin Rouge medley version of it because I immediately want to oh, go sure. to uh, "We Can Be Heroes" for just one we day. Can be the next song they jump to. So yeah, I was like, fair. wait a minute, that's not it. Well, that's the influence of one Mr. Boz Lerman uh, showing its face again. Is Lord, um, oh, it's Lord lift us up. Where is is Lord? I lift think us you up? can find different versions. I think the religious oh, okay. one is Lord lift us up. I think there's just okay. a love lift us up a little more okay. secular. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Um, but on that note, unless but anyone that's has... perfect for this episode, come to think of it. <laughs> well, instead of Lord, it's child. Child, it's the uh, first, yeah. first, first servants lift us up where we belong. Out of the lava on this planet, because we're gonna die otherwise. Can you imagine if there was an uppity <laughs> musical number accompanying the sacrifice of the child? Like a Honestly, choir just bursts out singing. Yeah. <laughs> That would be amazing. That would be, be amazing. That would oh. be so good. Um, <laughs> it's like that okay. Babylon 5 scene where they beat a man to death to gospel music. Great stuff. Oh, they do? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, great scene. Look up Londo Kills Rifa on YouTube. That's Jay's recommendation is a gospel beating. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> gospel murder. Gospel murder on Babylon 5. Uh, my recommendation is Westworld is back. Get into it. Um, I'm very excited. I love Westworld, so I'm excited that season four has returned. Um, and it seems like um, the character played by Evan Rachel Wood doesn't know who she is, so I'm very excited about that too. <laughs> great, great. And um, 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 the other one uh, with the, with uh, the kid, the superpowers kids, Miss, Academy. Miss Marvel, Umbrella, Umbrella, no, Umbrella oh, Academy. Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Superpower yeah. Kids Academy. I'll get there. Superpower Umbrella Kids Academy, Academy which a... is a version airing in Czechoslovakia. Right. <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. Michael yeah. Henley, any recommendations from you? Uh no, just uh just the expanse. Okay, cool. Get in the expanse, y'all. Well, on that note. <gasps> uh,